Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, Sasha here from another interview of Sovereign Collective Podcast, and I've got Amanda Vollmer in the house once again. Always a favorite, I know. So much information from this wise woman who is doing it, and we're going to talk about how you can participate in what Amanda is providing at the end of this conversation, as well as other resources as well. But in the meantime, if you need to have an intro, most people I think, or a lot of people don't need an intro to Amanda, but if you do, go to number 11 and number 30 and number 47. So I've interviewed Amanda a few times before and quickly she is has a degree in naturopathic medicine. She is not licensed so that she is not gagged by the terms of belonging to that association. And she's she's got so many different tools that she uses. She makes body products. She sells supplements. She's an amazing source of wisdom on truth, on health, on the nature of this world. Like there's so many places to go with Amanda. And today we're going to once and for all on this podcast. And I thank you, Amanda, because I know you've talked about this ad nauseum. So I appreciate you going into it again for me and my audience. We're going to talk about the nature of disease. Is there actually contagion? What the hell is this virus thing that everybody's so afraid of? Does it actually exist? Let's talk about the truth of the microbes and what they're here for, because you know what? Most of us know we're being lied to, but we're being lied to in, I don't know, I don't know where we're not being lied to from the actual mainstream sources, to be honest, but this isn't new. This has been happening for a long, long, long time. So Amanda's going to share with us, you know, a little bit of the history around that. And then let's get into the nature of our reality and our bodies. And and when we know the nature of disease, and I think you can put certain shelves, certain fears that aren't warranted, then we can really focus on health and building health and seeing what's possible. Because that's really where I like focusing on is not trying to move away from disease, but to build health. And let's just see what's possible while we're here in this lifetime. So Amanda, thank you again. And uh, let's start. Let's talk about you and your your deep dive into the whole nature of viruses and where that got you. Thank yeah, you. thank you, Sasha. Thanks for having me again. And actually, we just discussed what is disease and or and what is health um, for our the end of COVID summit that's coming at the end of June. And uh, we go into a deep dive on those topics as well, because it can get quite philosophical. <laughs> you would think it would be cut and dry <laughs> what it is, but then we have to question the beliefs around how we see ourselves in health and uh, all the other aspects of belief around health from the ancient knowledge too. Um, so it's not like, oh, here's what it is, here's what it isn't kind of question even though you can summarize like that. Right. So, yeah. Okay. But, so yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a whole picture project. So let's, 
So you decided to question the viral theory, germ theory, everything quite a few years ago now, right? Mid 2000, 2015s, 2015, something like that. And so where did that deep dive take you? Well, I already was suspicious about the ways in which uh, we were approaching the idea of disease, because if everything comes down to diagnosing the disease, and then you understand the treatment afterwards, I thought that was very inverted because the the way in which we're meant to find out answers is really through the question process or the inquiry process and the self-reflective process as well. Because if we are just reacting to the things that we think we're feeling, so say symptoms, then we are operating from a superficial aspect. And that can get us in a lot of trouble because we think, oh, I have X, Y, Z imbalance. I'm noticing symptoms. I don't know what they are. Uh, I'm going to go off and leave and go <laughs> to a doctor and because they're the expert uh, and I'm going to have them tell me what to do. So the issue here is that you have not taken the next level of inquiry, whether from a practitioner to come and ask those questions or just by saying, wait a second. So I'm experiencing um, a handful of things. I'm going to write them down. Here's what I'm experiencing. I think this is when it started. Um, yeah, true. I haven't really been taking care of myself lately and my sleep is off and, or whatever those things are. And then go, hmm, I wonder if there's something I can do right now in my lifestyle that can change this. And it would take only that next layer of plumbing the depth of the situation for that person to feel empowered to go, oh, actually, I'm not just a victim of circumstance. I have created something. Therefore, it is in my wheelhouse to find some uh, answers. Even if you don't come to full solution and you need help from another, uh, like the internet, <laughs> like the computer you have in your pocket where you can perhaps ask someone or do some searches, you at least would know uh, or have a hint of what it might have been, what might have changed that you can at least refresh your mind. So if you go to retell the story or to talk to a practitioner, you kind of know, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, you know, this is food poison, it started with food poisoning or it started with this stressor or I had this emotional experience that happened that upset me and then I've been run down or feeling run down ever since then and now I have a sore throat, okay, this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's really important because the marketing that's happened with big medicine and the takeover of and the capture of our, our industries and also the knowledge and who gets to produce the knowledge uh, is gone to such an edge where if you naively walk into those institutions, you may not come out again. <laughs> and we see this more and more because it is operating kind of like a death cult um, where if you apply the book treatment, you know, suppress the symptoms strongly, you get to ring the bell and become a hero. Um, you get to write papers and make things look pretty on on book in books that you've saved lives and all of this 
um, sort of gallivanting. But ultimately, the real issue is that in that case, or those cases, time will elapse and that is not followed through with. So nine times out of 10, those people will die an early death because of the suppression, right? And this has to stop. This is where the awareness needs to build. And I don't believe it's going to come from top down like corporations and um, people who are <laughs> dependent on that for their livelihoods are going to turn around and say, whoops, <laughs> we've got it all wrong, guys. And it's been wrong for hundreds of years. We, what are we going to do? We better stop and take a hard look at ourselves and change course. No, it is not going to happen like that. There's too much money and too much power and control involved. It has to be us where we decide the way in which we treat ourselves, the way in which we find out information about what's going on is through personal inquiry first, if possible, unless it's acute and, of course, uh, emergency. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your chronic states or even your colds and flus, you know, yeah. these sorts of situations. That before running off to the ER, running off into these institutions. And when you start to find that, oh, now I'm going to have a home dispensary. I'm going to think ahead. I'm going to look at the way I'm eating. I'm going to look at the things I'm bringing into my home for my family to be exposed to. I'm going to really take a keen eye to all the exposures in our lives and see where I can reduce exposures to things like xenoestrogens, right? or like forever chemicals, um, which <laughs> they're in surprising places, these forever chemicals. Um, and now they're spraying even our organic produce with this appeal um, product, which I haven't really looked into the details of what it supposedly is made from. Um, but what they say is safe and effective, I'm hoping by now, <laughs> there's many people questioning that phrase and the people who say that phrase, <laughs> even yeah. though it is extremely, I find it extremely disheartening that still in this day and age and moment in time, there are people who cannot make basic connections between getting shots and becoming suddenly dead. Um, <laughs> it blows my mind. It's shocking. It's, it's um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't, wasn't sure if you wanted to um, say something there. No, no, I was just going to say it's shocking. Like I was just actually talking to a, a customer's mother. I work at a shop a few days a week and uh, like her mom just got her latest booster. People are still doing that. I, I'm just like, how is she still alive? There's got to be some, a lot of saline out there or something because they're still doing it and they're not. No. So connecting the dots, that's the thing. It's just because you can read a book does not mean you're intelligent, right? When you start questioning and looking and seeing the patterns and seeing, yeah, anyways, yes, I yeah. agree. Agreed. Critical thinking. Critical, Critical thinking, thinking uh, means that there's the thinking part. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that means you have to have the actual capacity to contemplate. And my concern is I'm seeing minds, especially lately, that are not acting or behaving in a way that seems like they're even um, making connections well. So they're just on like um, an anxiety mode, perhaps, or running on their reptilian brain they're not uh or an instinct they're not really in a place uh outside of their own trauma where they can think and and, and right. as well poisoned which means you can't think 
which is, you know, when you know they've got us where they want us when exactly. we can't do that, right? Right. Exactly. It worked. It, it worked very well, right? That was the plan. You get them afraid, you've got them sick, you got them poisoned. Perfect way there to you go. Perfect yeah. storm for them. Yeah. Come in for the capture. Then they need your help and they rely on you. And if you but if you want their support, it's gonna cost you with your freedom this time, you know? Right. And it's interesting because I know there's a lot of people who are figuring it out, but I feel like still um, there's now new camps of capture that's opened up for those inquiring. So there's all kinds of nets that will stop them. And so, for example, uh, with with the fake, you know, COVID <laughs> scenario, mm -hmm. if they haven't done their due diligence, like, for example, they haven't watched this presentation which I'm going to explain about the pleomorphism of our cells and of bacteria and fungus and so forth, then they're still operating with germ theory ideologies. So even though they realize that the medical mafia is not there for them, they may still feel there's a real thing such as a virus and a real thing such as COVID. And therefore they're going to mistake the way they're going to try to treat these things. So in some senses, diagnosis matters if you believe there is a certain diagnosis. But if you were to just separate out that as a label and say, okay, let me just list my symptoms. It doesn't matter what I think or think it isn't. Let me just do that. And now right next to each symptom, which organ system is responsible for producing the symptom? If you say I have congestion or I have um, shortness of breath, then you might say lung. You might also say gut because your gut could be connected to your nose and your mouth, right? The whole elementary canal can be related. Or you might say could be liver that's involved. So those are just things you start to list. And when you start to see a pattern, oh, I see liver in every single one of these categories. Okay, even if I don't know what it is, I am going to do a coffee enema. I am going to do a castor oil pack. I am going to eat dandelion greens, which are popping up all over now in the spring. I'm going to find something that I know, maybe it's a supplement if you don't want to go pick the dandelions uh, that will support, say, NAC for the lungs or mullein leaf uh, capsules if you okay. don't want to take it as a tea. You know what I'm saying? So this way of thinking has to be this independent, empowered way. And those who don't go that way will need leadership, but they're being pulled into camps and say, oh, now take ivermectin because you have COVID-19. It's like, <laughs> there's no, none of that. And ivermectin is anti-fertility and is the is the um, cross post of the, the COVID agenda. So if they're not gonna take the vaccine to have their fertility whacked out, then let them take the ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, which will knock their fertility out. And at least if they're not dead, which is where they want them, then at least they'll be infertile, which is where they also want them. And, right. and I'm wondering to... if I just can just say quickly, like I'm wondering, and they know that there's the camps that are still going to the pharma, the better pharma, so they think, but then I, I, I don't even trust now what they would be putting out. Is it even a, like now that you know what they want to do, like well, who knows what they're, how they're screwing with that stuff even more so. So like, that's what I question is, is that they've got their hands in everything. So they know that all these people, so is it really even what you think it is on top of it originally being pharma anyways, which is, ever, I don't know if that's ever it, been. It, 
know? it doesn't even need to be a mystery if you just look at the drug itself it's a dangerous drug it suppresses the symptoms period that means you're right. going the opposite of health so right. your body is making symptoms to make a correction yes. and when you take any drug even if it's one of the light drugs like that if and you can actually even suppress things with natural remedies if you're doing it incorrectly um, by overdosing say homeopathy for example and you can produce new symptoms doing that as well called proving so there's ways you can make mistakes there but it's harder to do so but the idea of suppression, like making it go away, like killing something. That's yeah. where we get into trouble. And they don't have to tinker it, tinker with it to have its anti-fertility effects. We already know that. This is why it's one of the most popular drugs in Africa. They try to make sure that they get that Bill Gates just gave them for free tons of ivermectin because he's a white supremacist. He doesn't want the others to breed. And this has been going on for a very long time. I actually wrote a Substack article about ivermectin if people are interested in learning about why this isn't the cure or the answer or the miracle drug or whatever that people are thinking. It's like, fine, you want to take a tiptoe from allopathic medicine into light allopathic medicine before you go all the way holistic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but no, that's where you are. You're not there yet. Um, and, and I do understand there are circumstances for suppression. I've said this many times. It's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about suppressing a bleed or, you know, having to suppress, uh, whatever's going on with an infection in somebody who's out of control with their, they have no, um, nutritional reserves left to even mount anything of, of a cleanse. Like, you know, I understand there's death door scenarios where that's the jaws of life. And unfortunately, They've gotten themselves there because of ignorance and suppression all the way through. So other than like an eMERGE med where you've you know done some severe, serious damage in a car accident or something, that's your initial acute suppression. But after that, it should be listening to the body's cues and supporting them forward. And this is why, you know, understanding that what we've been told about health needs to be deeply questioned not taken for granted. And the tricky part is all, all of the data that seems to be real, <laughs> like all of the studies, all right. of the articles, all of the statements by media, all of the books and articles and things that people have written in illusion exist. And if you don't have discernment to know how to filter those studies or articles or books, you're gonna fall prey to more of the same illusions. And having a discerning mind is very critical at this point, at this juncture of just awareness, self-awareness, consciousness, which is pretty much what we need to be focusing on now, um, as much as we need to learn all these new things and we need to shift our money and we need to prepare and we need to, all this stuff going on, it's just crazy times and can be very exhausting. The main thing is just to not meddle, not meddle with nature not meddle with what is already here now if you've meddled <laughs> and sometimes you need more meddling to get out of the situation mm -hmm. so sometimes you can't just get off a drug because you're entwined in it you can't just stop cold turkey you have to figure out a process to get there i see a lot of people um now as time has elapsed with the shots you know been rolled out and all the propaganda i see a few camps there's the suddenly died camp, uh, which is from the get-go with right at the beginning of the shot all the way for years later, 
where they have fast cancers or whatever underlying disease they have now is going crazy. Like the disease state that they had before the shots now goes like rapid fire and kills them very quickly, that sort of thing. And then we have this uh, aging aspect that I noticed where those who have taken the, the shots, they might not have died. Um, either the the vial was denatured or, or warmed too much and something didn't gel correctly the way they were trying to do this experiment. And they're older, quicker, um, where they've gone deaf perhaps because the kidney chi, the energy of the kidneys has been wiped clean. Um, so this means, or their, their hair goes white where they didn't have white hair. Now it's shocking white. Or you could see that there are way more wrinkles. All of a sudden, it just shriveled up like a prune. Um, and probably the inflammation that's caused in their bodies called, has caused a lot of glycolation. And this glycol, uh, which basically sugars attaching your proteins and aging you rapidly and, and making all these free radicals and things, um, cooking you <laughs> from the inside. Uh, I see this a lot in the, the ones who have vac you know, vaccinated themselves a lot. And then in the younger ages ranges, uh, a lot of uh, unstable energy, anger, rage, emotional outbursts, that kind of stuff. Depression so, too. A lot of severe depression I've heard as well. Anxiety like crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is indicative of nervous system damage. So it depends on uh, the individual, how they came in uh, nutritionally at the times of the shots and how it plays out for their inflammatory process. Um, and then fast cancers is the other thing we're seeing um, because just pocketing that garbage away and trying to deal with it in any which way it can and probably gets it, that mechanism, it goes out of control. And so thinking about the body, first, the first thinking or the first step isn't about the outside world coming in, <laughs> in, in as, as far, far as a mysterious particle. So you're walking down the road, mysterious particle comes and goes into your body. Now, if that happens and it's a pollen, maybe nothing will happen. Or maybe your gut is such a mess or you're so stressed that that piece of pollen gets in through a leaky lung and gets into your bloodstream. Now you have a sensitivity to it because it can't be there. So your body produces molecules and in this sort of data stream that says don't do that again <laughs> we can't have that here because that's not you because what's tightly controlled is self and non-self so say you think it's a bacteria floating around okay in the air that gets into you well technically speaking that bacterial waste if you did have a leaky aspect of your own body and that waste was there maybe you could have like a slight allergy to that, just like any organism's poop, anything that you've been exposed to inside your bloodstream that shouldn't be there. Food it could be literally anything. So you could be allergic to anything that has gone into your bloodstream through leaky gut, leaky lung, um, any type of leaky organ, it's gotten in, right? And then you're, you re react to it because the body doesn't want anymore. So that's your outside whatever getting in responses. That's not an immune system response, by the way, <laughs> which that goes hand in hand with the whole germ theory ideology. And they came up, they're born of the same. So we actually have just a cleansing system and every department, every organ system has its methods to clean up that mess. If something gets in there, it shouldn't be in there. 
But as far as now this idea of a virus, this idea that it's floating through the air that's come off of somebody and it's ready to go in. And as soon as it goes in, it's going to a specific tissue and it's going to now replicate itself. That is not reality. That is not what happens to the body. <laughs> what happens is if your tissue or your terrain, okay? So that's the thinking. The fundamental is let me think about the terrain first, not the thing about whatever, 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 okay? Irrelevant, ultimately. What's happening here? How did the tissue get into a state of inflammation that now it's necrotic or not functioning properly or giving incorrect signals out to my body? And my own microbial life that lives inside of me that processes my vitamins, that digests my food, that engulfs things that shouldn't be there like those dust particles or dust mite poop or whatever it is that got into you, uh, macrophages, all of these systems that are there to gobble up and clean. And not only that, get rid of something that's volatile, something like in the shots that is so reactive to the body that it needs to pack it away or deal with it right away. All of this takes nutrition. All of this takes attention. So if your nutrition is there, and if you are paying attention to your levels of inflammation and your uh, states of stress and managing that and what you're eating and the things that you're ingesting, like poisons, right? And you're stopping those or putting on your skin poisons through skincare, through wearing polyester, all of those sorts of things, then now you're going to switch around who's causing what. <laughs> it's not the thing's fault. It's this terrain, it's, I was stupid and got shots and got leaky gut because it I was stupid and took antibiotics, it killed my microflora. Now I don't have the microflora there to digest my food. Now I'm getting leaky gut and having problems from there. Or I'm so stressed that when I eat, I don't digest my food properly, causing inflammation there. What is going on with your terrain? That's what's gonna get you your answers to how you solve the problem. Not, oh, I'm going to just take an antiviral and kill the thing and now I'm going to be fine. Um, all those drugs are matching symptoms and trying to stop the action of the symptom. That's all the circular reasoning that's going on in drug formation, you know, happening at labs, happening, at <laughs> happening in science is let's see if we can stop the thing, stop the expression, because then we have a successful drug. So all of them are matched. You can label them for whatever you want. If they're, it, it's supposed to be antiviral, it's supposed to be antibacterial, it's supposed to be these things. But if you read the studies properly, you actually can translate the knowledge through the terrain understanding. You can figure out what they're trying to say and apply the correction so you can actually get answers. I might do like a series where I read studies through my filter and help people to translate them. So they actually, if there's some value to be had from them, we actually gain something mm -hmm. because none of the studies have been done that we need to uh, have to prove, uh, yeah, no, that doesn't exist. This is the way we get sick. Uh, for example, how do we know that the people who were experiencing their, you know, their uh, spring or fall flu, which is their detox expression, for that particular year, weren't all exposed to higher than normal levels of glyphosate for that year or higher levels of chemtrail spray for that year. 
and their aluminum was off the charts or their glyphosate levels themselves were off the charts. Nobody's measuring this in people. Nobody's measuring blood oxygen sat going, well, what else is in the blood at the same time that could relate to this? That's like a toxin, like a metal, for example, you know? And so if you don't, if you think you're looking for something else, you miss all of the real information about what is causing the set of symptoms. And that's why we have to uh, suspend what we think we know in order to know truth. You can't think you know this. And back, you know, way when, back when uh, uh, Louis Pasteur, I don't even like saying his name anymore. <laughs> Just like, like, he doesn't even, he doesn't deserve it. Right. He doesn't, you know, because yeah. he's a murderer and a hack and, and he was a plagiarist and he was there to, he was an egomaniac. He's probably a narcissist. And, and he got fame and recognition for things that really he shouldn't have other than being cunning and being a thief or being a liar, like good at that. He wasn't even, apparently there's even questions about his degree that he kind of bought it. It wasn't even really earned. So this is someone who is able to have counsel with the king and, and party favor uh, by stealing other people's material who was very humble and getting to it first, right? Uh, and manipulating it along the way, by the way. Uh, so anyway, he, he was, him and, and a few others who were fighting against the predominant belief, which was that, you know, uh, the germ is the result of the disease process. So the uh, it's not the cause of any disease. It is the, it is the disease result. That is what you find at the site of diseases or at the site of waste. And when you understand that, then uh, you can turn the conventional belief system on its head and go, okay, that means really nothing out there can hurt me other than what I've chosen <laughs> to bring into my life. Because well, you can argue that your parents chose the shots for you. I mean, that's what happened to me. I didn't have that choice as a child. It was just... It's what you do, right? Well, that caused me all sorts of problems throughout my life that I had to deal with that I'm still dealing with now, right? And people don't even make those connections. And I know 100% it was from those shots. Mm -hmm. I know what happened to my family. I know what happened to clients. I can always pull it back to these moments where that was the assault that opened everything up to be mo moving forward into a disease state that needs correction. So now... If you understand that we um, don't have a one germ causing one disease paradigm, that was an illusion manufactured. Instead, what we have are disease processes and mechanisms of the body that are trying to return it to homeostasis and are putting off things that it doesn't want while craving or pulling in things that it does. And this is the operations. Now, from a microbial perspective, there we're teeming with, with it. More cells than our own cells are of these life forms inside of us. And from the blood, we, uh, you know, back when Beauchamp found these small, um, very tiny looking blobs that he described as uh, little cells, basically, like somatids. And they seemed to change not only shape when the terrain was damaged, but also size. 
So there would be larger sized uh, cocci, for example, which are sort of cylindrical, uh, round shape, and then there were cylindrical ones, and they would change from one morphing into another, which meant also their function was changing. And he described a 16 stage pleomorphic cycle that we have in our bodies operating. And what was described is that when we're in a state of health, this is dormant within us, doesn't go into its bloom. When we are in a state of dis-ease, which also can be caught maybe years before any symptoms have manifested. So can you imagine if we just stop this nonsense of science ignoring science, mm. <laughs> where they actually would be humble enough to say, maybe we're wrong and we should look at this. They could, the levels of diagnostics that we could have for people would be so elegant just looking at a bit of dried blood in a holographic manner would be enough to indicate to us what was going on or seeing if the somatid cycle is active in someone would tell you within one to two years that person is going to be expressing a chronic disease. That would mean you're way ahead on your prevention game just by a quick little blood check to see if you have active somatids going on or not. That's it. And we don't would you do be able that. to tell by which stage it would be in in that pleomorphic cycle? For so people did so they understand pleomorphism is when those little bodies are changing into different forms. Would you be able to tell by from where which one it's at what you're dealing with? Probably the way that you would have to figure that out is by taking multiple samples at different times of day to see what was going on in a like a longer snapshot because things are changing all the time. Uh, you could get an idea, almost like when you do a pull of a red blood count and you're looking at all the different stats, you, you would have something like that where it's like, yes, uh, you know, or white blood cells, there's like monocytes, like there's different ones, right? And there's different percentages of each. And so you could just say, oh, it looks like the majority of the percentage is in this stage and the minorities in that, which indicates X, Y, Z. This is at the level of where it's acting or what we need to do next to shift it to the next, next stage to form completion. So it might be something like that, but this is all hypothetical based on if we actually can own the fact and, and science knows this, it's not, it's not like it's totally ignored. It's, you can find the information you have to dig and you have to look on government websites and things, but they've known for a long time that this is so. And not only that, we already know white blood cells change shape that's pleomorphism, right? Goes from um, a macro monophase to a to a macrophage, right? It changes when it crosses membranes. It changes its function. So there's also bacteria that can change. So not just somatids, but bacteria themselves that we know when they're shocked or there some something happens to them, they change their shape and their characteristics to preserve themselves, right? Um, so they might go into a spore form, or they might be triggered into a uh, what you a lot of people think is like your classic um, uh, viral picture, you know? Yes. Um, it, it, so the shape is determined by if it's like fast shock or slow shocked. And those, so the, I think the uh, fast shock is, uh, is spore and the slow shock is a phage. It has time to make itself into a phage so that later it can come back on the scene, uh, pop into a few cells, the, the genetic material, 
and get back to it, you know, get back to work. It's like a preservation mode because then we need it. We need them. Um, and then also fungus. They've known for a long time that fungus can change into mold. And they didn't know that um, um, a lot of the disease diseases that they thought were, you know, monomorphic and that were very specific are not at all that they that the two diseases are the same disease um so like uh candida and oncomyosis or you know those types of uh, skin expressions or um, yeah, candida uh, or fungal overgrowth are from the same organism they're not different organisms and they'll they'll say they are but they we they were already proved that one can become the other depending on the pH. So that means they're actually the same organism and therefore it's the same disease, just a different presentment of the expression, which is the result of the action of those bacteria that's specific to have a resolution, not to cause a problem. See, they're coming in to ingest, to, to remove and to uh, bring enzymes. So they also manufacture a lot of enzymes that will change the terrain in the micro area. So that can alter what's happening at that level, allowing more electrical back and forth of ions, allowing for inflammatory markers to come in or to leave. This is controlling the local terrain to get the repair job you know, done for the tissue or whatever's happening at the site, which in this day, age it tends to be um injury due to chemical onslaught because like yes. <laughs> look at it i mean we're really questioning why we're we have the worst health probably we have ever had on this earth <laughs> you know um so yeah can i ask quickly like there's the somatid cycle but is that separate from the bacteria morphing to a fungal form to, or is that within that same cycle or are there are different pleomorphic cycles going on so pleomorphism is just describing that these organisms can change, <clears throat> excuse me, can change shape yes. depending on terrain. So yes. that can be any of these microorganisms, even to the point where a bacteria can shed its own wall. It can shed its own cell wall. That means that the life of the bacterium isn't dependent on the wall, which is what we've all been told when we're staining gram-negative or gram-positive bacteria. Well, one can become the other just by virtue of removing the wall. And so we have both. We have pleomorphic organisms in nature, in our bodies of a multitude of types, some that are fixed because they've decided to be fixed or there's a mechanism that keeps them fixed and then others that will change back and forth. And then we also have the somatid cycle, which is pleomorphic in right. addition to this. Yeah. And so for people, so you're clear, they're not these these microbes these beings are not coming into us from the outside they are appearing they are endogenous right in response to dead dying tissue to toxic overload things like that correct right this is this is the result of our body's intelligence in its capacity to heal itself because that's an innate capacity is to heal we're not at the mercy of these invisible creatures outside of us that are trying to kill us Right. Yeah. Like say you have, um, like I said, that example with can uh, candida and actually it's not oncomycosis, uh, even though that could, that uh, is another type of fungal issue that can change format. Um, but I believe it was uh, monolithiasis 
if I'm correct, that was identically found to be the same disease. But the idea is that when you have this going on, it's very specific to what the terrain is calling for. Um, So does it need a yeast or does it need um, to have it now in the filament, in the mold, which is, uh, Mm -hmm. so does it need the, the blobby yeast or does it need the filamentous mold to do the job? So the terrain is set to dictate what they call, like what even Rife and, and these people called um, like a pathogenic form. So they said that there's normal forms of somatism, and then it goes into pathogenesis, right? Or where it's creating a pathogenic state. Uh, but if you translate even that, you realize what was happening is that the toxins are being broken down. And even sometimes through that process, you can create a secondary inflammation temporarily as it goes through the next chemical process. So depending on what you've got there, uh, you can have chronic inflamed states and chronic, you know, infections, so forth. If your body can't overcome and uh, with the nutritional uh, inputs that have to be constantly given to the system, minerals, these sorts of things, to keep the electricity going, to structure the water, to remove things and travel through the body to get them, say, to the liver, to get them out through the skin, even if that's the way it has to go, whatever. Um, Are parasites part of this at all? Well, you know, um, yes and no. We don't, I don't know enough or we don't know enough um, concretely to say whether or not higher um, life forms, like life forms that we're seeing with our eyes, you know, a little more obviously can do transmogrification or not, or if they are stimulated by our own microorganisms or not. Like I said, there's so much we haven't studied because the belief has been ingrained. So there's no need to question, but now we're questioning the the normal science, the science we've been using to function all along and realize it's not right. so it's a very important question, but it's not one that we 100% know. But I can say this much about them, even if they're, whether they're manufactured by our bodies in some way, or if they're only coming from the external, like say from foodborne or something in the air, um, those uh, those uh, parasites were all, will always also be there for a reason, meaning you, me, and someone else could be in a room. We all eat and drink the same thing. We're all exposed to the same parasite egg, okay? Um, only one person has a parasite problem going forward. Why? <laughs> well, that's because the condition of their body were allowing for the parasite to eat. And that means that what it wants are the things that are putting it back into nature. So these are... Um, uh, these things of life, okay, that we see, they are the digesters of life. They are the ones that bring nature uh, back into soil to be reused into elements. These are not things that necessarily build tissue back up per se. A lot of them are denaturers or degraders. They'll break a tree back into pulp and put it back into soil, for example. So they'll do the same where that's a call is needed to break that down, to remove it from from the body in some way. So same goes for these parasites because they're looking for the, they are attracted to the things that they want to eat 
And a study that I showed on a talk that I gave or mentioned was showing that inside parasites, once they've been inside the body, are usually full of metals. They tend to like to eat a lot of the different kinds of metals inside of us. And this is why I say you don't want to kill parasites. Definitely, I understand that we want to do parasite cleanses because we don't really want those in our body all the time. I get that. Um, it's kind of gross. <laughs> so I totally understand doing a chase and, and cleaning that up. But that's one step of the cleanse. The, the second step is to identify why or what were those parasites after. And now you must go after that of your own energy and volition. So you now have to detox aluminum or mercury or whatever the metal is, or even the xenoestrogen or plastic waste. And I think we're going to see more parasites because they eat also a lot of plastic uh, and, and microplastics mm. and we're full of microplastics. Mm. So why do you think there's so many in the fish too? They're full of microplastics. They're full. Of, why would they be in the fish? Because they're helping the fish you know, or in the animal, they're helping the animal. The only time you get symptoms from having these things is when the terrain is weakened and the metabolites. And like I said, the poop can become its own toxin to us an endotoxin from their waste. This can cause skin inflammation and, you know, all sorts of um, uncomfortable symptoms. So I totally understand that people just would want to pop the ivermectin and get out there for a bunch of day doop -doop -doop, right problem is you don't have the full picture in your head that's like if you want to live moment to moment you go for it but there's risks <laughs> there's right. risks to that way right because you've done a disservice to your body in a number of ways and now you've ignored the fact that you had parasites for a reason right. and probably they'll come back again or at some point if you just keep doing that whatever the toxin is now will be your new problem might take 20 years to develop into a tumor, might take 20 years to develop into an ulcer, whatever, but this that is an indicator of something's off about you and you need to either allow the process to continue, which is not always advantageous because there can be, again, secondary issues, or you do the two-step where you're kind of cleansing, not killing, because you don't want them to spill their contents all, you know, into back into you when you've just... <laughs> gotten a benefit from right. that you know? right yeah see yeah. nobody thinks of them that way so do you recommend that people take binders preemptively for example like charcoal zeolites clay anything like that the greens cilantro whatever your greens your algaes things like that to just to keep those things out of the system uh, yes i i regularly would suggest uh well if you can do once a year a decent cleanse and uh, and then a, another sort of mini cleanse, another like six months later, for most people, you can keep on top of a lot of things. And while you're trying to keep your diet clean and yeah, do all the preventive measures, um, I like to do bentonite usually once a year, uh, alternating with diatomaceous earth for just general metals. Um, I've been using. Um, terahertz frequencies a lot uh, you can see the one behind me uh, that oh, has found it. okay mm -hmm. it's been structuring it structured your water but it structured your waters in your body and then your vitality goes way up 
And so you're able to really detox more efficiently. So I like to combine uh, different detoxes together for more effectiveness. I like to take magnesium, um, topical and internal. DMSO, of course, is also a, a heavy metal remover and other wastes by virtue of increasing blood flow, getting the materials brought out to the liver where it needs to go um, and helping to get rid of reactive oxygen species, which happens from the free radical sort of chain reaction of infection because you want to stop the damage of more tissue if you can. Is and, it enough um, to do it topically, the DMSO, or do you want to also internally take it for, and what kind of metals does DMSO get rid of? Yeah, you can take it just topically. I mean, internally, you're really going to have more breath, generally speaking. So yeah. you usually do MSM sulfur, which also increases glutathione. Yeah. So does the DMSO. So what you're doing there is increasing glutathione. It's helping get rid of um, the ROSs, the reaction reactive oxygen species, and helping the integrity of the tissue come back so that you're not, um, you know, more in uh, attracting more uh, to that tissue at that time. So it will help to heal the tissue, hopefully get rid of the wastes uh, in another manner by maybe calling in macrophages um, rather than, you know, a parasite or your own microbes instead of a parasite. But really the idea is to, um, to chelate gently over time. I like cilantro, I like all of those methods. I just usually eat cilantro on a daily basis or as often as I can uh, for that. Um, you can use herbal medicine. Uh, herbal medicine, surprisingly, will have all sorts of different minerals and minerals will help your body balance out metals uh, by virtue of the electrical nature. And then doing things like picana drainage. I know you want to talk, wanted to talk a little bit about um, isopathy and um, sort of the method of using homeopathic remedies to do that cleansing process. But I really like them for opening up the, the release valves, the among trees, and make sure you don't get complications of detox as well. So um, just make sure your bowels are good, your, your liver is functioning uh, optimally, that um, you're able to eat better during that time frame. Perhaps you can take a break, slow down a little bit, or take a day off of just more resting and meditation or yoga or taking Epsom salt baths and um, just getting your mineral content up and this sort of thing. And if you're just more aware of it, um, then you really will avoid, you know, parasites. Uh, you'll, you can even get parasites on the skin, um, especially women who use uh, makeup that's got toxic aspects. You can get more of a problem with dermadex mites, um, which causes blepharitis and even rosacea. You can have other types of bacterial colonies growing um, that are just there because <laughs> there's so much yucky stuff coming out through the sebum. Yum, 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 you know, like, um, but then, but then the cure is block, stop the sebum, you know, right. from being produced. But then where's the waste now going to go that we're coming out the sebum, that we're creating the acne in the first place. Like people just want the acne to go away. They want to look good, but they're not realizing that they've set themselves the terrain up for that scenario already. And that's where the correction ultimately needs to get to and then prevention going forward from there. And, and like I said, if someone is just full of parasites and you don't know what to do, I totally get going for the kill zone there, but try not to do that too many times. Same thing with antibiotics, like the suffering that can come from, especially repeated use of antibiotics is quite severe. 
and shouldn't be handed out like candy as it is and certainly shouldn't be used for things that aren't even apparently bacterial in nature like a viral infection and or ear infections which haven't have also in the literature been stated long ago that the antibiotics should never be used for ear infections and that's that's their own literature saying to doctors don't prescribe them anymore they don't work and they make things worse and they just don't listen because you know why the the marketing has gone from not just the doctors the doctor and the patient so the patient will watch a television yeah. and see an ad you know and or or they're freaked out and their spouse or someone who's well intending says you better go to the doctor and get antibiotics right away well, they're just going to do it. They're not even going to question it. And they're just going to take it and they're going to feel better in their placebo mind that they've done something, you know, to yes. make it go. <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question. Is there any contagious disease? Is there any infectious disease out there? Is there anything at all that is actually contagious? Infectious? Nothing, nothing out there can infect or uh, infect healthy tissue, meaning if you have healthy normal tissue, there's not one thing that can penetrate or damage that healthy tissue. The tissue has to be damaged before anything from your world can affect you in any which way. So no, um, there is no real contagion. Now, are there states where you can be triggered together? Yes, uh, families being triggered together for going down for their detox, their yearly detox as a whole because that's a more of an adaptive behavior that in the bigger picture where we haven't even identified and looked with any real scientific rigor, the relationships between families and their living conditions and how they resonate with one another and create patterns of illness. Uh, that if we understood those trends, we would see that weather triggers have come or change of food has come in the household or uh, everyone had an emotional shock at the same time. And now that's why they're all ill, these sorts of things. So anything that someone thinks is contagious, if they bring me that story, I usually can, like I said, with the filtering, right? Where I filter the studies, I can sort of retranslate what's happened from the training perspective. And then I can apply the solution to that situation and it will be corrected without returning or without long-term you know negative results that you would get by just trying to squash it down and that's very telling because if you build the body through these scenarios and help it release waste you can heal almost everything this way which means medicine's gotten a lot simpler in some senses hasn't it because now you know the basics yeah you, you know what already, your self-inquiry has come, you know what you've done wrong. Now you're gonna to start to work on these things. Maybe it's even that your house, like you're full of EMS. I mean, and that's weakened the body, right? Nowadays, we have so many things to question yeah. about what potentially could be harming us. Um, but certainly the least on the list would be some sort of contagion, um, which of course they have on the first of the list, and they want to make sure that we're afraid of each other, that uh, people are considered dangerous to one another or threat to each other's health. And in fact, it's the opposite. So say I'm going through something, even though it could be unfortunate, 
and um, that resonated with someone else, or or even if there was a transfer of energy, a transfer of information, or transfer of a mite, transfer of a parasite, whatever. That if that holds in that person, that means something is there for them, no matter what it might look like. That's what I was wondering. Like, could there be like, okay, somebody's going through a process and he comes home and then you're there. And then could there be some information like, oh, you got this going on too. Let's clean you up too. Could there be that share? Like, there's so much more to this world than we think, like a frequency thing, like a right, a communication of somehow. Could that be also causing it? Yeah, if that individual, say it's a family member, they go out for dinner all the time, they eat similar foods, they're exposed to all sorts of fluoride levels, they're they're um, wearing polyester, they are, you know, there's, there's whatever's in their air in their house is constantly giving them formaldehyde, whatever adds up, adds up, adds up. And now you have a trigger in one of them. Now they have, if say it's a couple, there's hormone signals always going back and forth where we're reading each other and, and um, smell the smells and things that were um, information that we're getting from one another. So just think of it as another piece of information that we're getting from another person that's informing us about something. So, you know, they did studies where women smell like sweaty men's shirts to see yes. if they were attracted. Yeah, like that. So, yeah. and that's why I started talking a lot about pheromones and that I feel like we need to study pheromones more to see how these uh, interactions really play for not only our uh, nervous system and our brain functions uh, and our uh, menstrual cycles and hormone cycles, these sorts of things, but also how we, how the body determines whether it's time to cleanse or not, because it will be triggered if it needs to do an outward expression, something will trigger it. Now it could be pheromone. It could be um, another type of hormone signal of some sort that we haven't identified. It could be, an energy field signaling, which we know exists. I mean, if people don't realize we have fields by this time now, I don't know. I can't help those people. <laughs> they don't want to be helped anyway. So it's okay. So <laughs> it's measurable. It's there. We It's been documented. Yeah. It's not woo. It's real. Just like we have meridians in the body. They've been identified. We can see them under MRI, the acupuncture points point to the meridians those are linked to organ systems those are real you know we know that they can be blocked and we can see that we can open those up so as we as we walk away from the illusions and we become brave to every truth we unravel and we take a deep breath and dive in we become more um, stable in our foundations of truth and we're able to extrapolate a little bit better from those and instead of always knowing, we might not know, but we know what it's not. We know it's not a virus, okay? Right. It's not that. Not, none has ever been isolated. None has ever been characterized. A computer program and a PCR program based on a program, not a virus. You know, you have to isolate it, measure it, and be consistent with it. Show it proves disease through Koch's postulates. Well, now rivers because they altered it. Because guess what? Koch's postulates always are proving false or they're trying to manipulate. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. So they had to bring in rivers criteria to try to smoosh this germ theory into something that was workable um, to get around it. And, but none of those things, you know, are now if you have that awareness, you know. You don't need a PCR test because those are fraudulent tests. Those are going to give you a yes or no rant. It's like, might as well get a, one of those crazy eight balls and just shake it. 
Uh, Do I have coronavirus? Well, no. especially how they're using it, right? Like they're using it completely incorrectly and that the, the 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 cycles that they're doing is just correct. Not even that, not even the cycles. The whole thing is fraud. Well, the whole thing to I died to, yeah, yeah. Because you can't, it's a circular, it's a circle jerk. It's like we, we made up a pattern, okay? Yes. There's no way yes. they pulled all that DNA strand no. of this little tiny thing in the exact line and they got A, C, T and they marked it all down and they have it. That's yeah. not how they, that's no. not. No. Okay. I don't know what people think, but that's not what the scientific is, is things happening. Okay. Then they go into the computer and they pull up what they've already cataloged or filled in the blanks of the other genomes that they've manufactured and extrapolated based on, you know, one that they've guessed long ago and they just keep doing that. And then they take that material and they throw it in with all these other nucleic acids and pop it out and try to match what yeah. they found with the thing that they already made from the computer program. Yeah. And if it's a match, it's a yes. Shake that ball. Is it a yes or no? <laughs> it is decidedly it. so. Are literally living and dying for these tests. Right. They really believe right. that that's telling them something. Symptoms or no symptoms, that it's telling them something. Yeah. It's mass insanity. It's, it's mass insane. It is. We live in a mental institution. It is mental illness. There's a cult. It's just the spell is so deep. It's just it's unreal. So quickly, I know you have to go and I want to talk about your stuff, but quickly, can we just take one example of, say, for example, just if you could take like two minutes to summarize, maybe it'll take a lot longer, but let's just do it in two minutes. Say, for example, chicken pox. What is happening when they're expressing their symptoms and uh, some like and people feel like well I exposed my so my kid to this kid and then they got it a week later so I mean what what do you mean it's not contagious yeah so chicken box and any of the the generalized pox uh they're all kind of the, the same bent and they're not caused by viruses <laughs> uh same with shingles any of any of the things that people think are virus that you'll, you'll they'll go through in their head but polio but the, and right. then each one is we've already done the work on for poor people you know i have lots on my yummy.docker blog um you can go to viralig.com and look up all those papers you can go to what really makes you ill don lester david parker's work read all about that's all been debunked what's been debunked you there's there's you, the baileys i mean endless source mm -hmm. where you, if you're not sure or you triggered but you know my uncle had this or whatever you know then it's real thing that comes up like I hear that all the time you know well back in when my great yeah. uncle had polio so therefore it's real the doctor said like no that's not science <laughs> um, but um but though but those experiences with um with that people think is happening with the chicken pot parties is just uh, uh fanaticism and ideology over a belief system and nothing more it has not it's not contagious it's it now Here's what's happening. There's something called childhood exanthems. So there are certain things that only happen in childhood. Rapid, rapid overnight growth happens in childhood. And what has to occur in order for growth are the waste must go. Because if you're reconstructing a road, right, what has to happen? You gotta get the old debris, you know, dug up and moved out before you can lay a fresh tar down, right? Same thing in the body. Things have to be upregulated you make more endogenous waste, those have to go. Some tissue might have to degrade or leave. 
because there's only so much space that will have to be broken down and has to go. Normally these process should happen without issue where you notice nothing. There's just, you, what you notice is your child is now like an inch taller the next right. day. This Overnight. Is the thing, yeah. Right? Where you're just amazed at the body that it can do that. Yes. Because <laughs> I've okay. seen my child wake up like that. I'm like, who are you? I know. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So think about that. So I always put children's situations in a different category than adults. Um, and if you do that, you understand a little bit better. And so with the thing of chicken pox, um, this is generally going to happen at a specific age range. So just by virtue of um, chance alone, statistically speaking, if you put a bunch of kids together in the same age-ish range, one of them has chicken pox, yeah. within two weeks to a month, you're probably going to see one or two others you know, having it as well. Right. We also can't discount any type of resonance that's happening while they're around each other. Yes. Um, and we can't discount the placebo effect or the nocebo effect where they, little Jimmy, if if mommy is saying to little Jimmy, you be a good boy and you go down to the Parker family and you get that chicken pox from Tommy, you know, and come home and that's good, good boy, you know, in his mind, he's going to want to be having this. Okay, he's going to want to have chicken pox, then he's a good boy. So we don't know all the other uh, suggestions that we're making to our children about these things that they will manif manifest for our behalf. So there's that factor that would have to be eliminated when studying such a phenomenon. Right. And we, uh, if you understand it from the old books, so I've read, you know, a lot of the older texts of doctors and their thoughts. And generally, it was believed that the expression from the skin, um, sorry, I was just going to pause for a sec, because, okay, said my internet was unstable, so I was okay. just paused when it says that to me. <laughs> um, so what, what they believe is that from poor feeding, so incorrect protein wastes have gone into the child and this growth spurt is producing a lot of proteins and these particular proteinaceous acids have to leave the body. So say this child, this child gets a lot of street meat, eating hot dogs all the time and all this kind of crap, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. the body's gonna push out this very acidic, so very low pH protein and push it out from the skin. That's only gonna happen in cases where the liver is not amply available for doing that job, which already means the child is in some sort of dis-ease state, right. uh, perhaps stress, perhaps they're not sleeping, perhaps there's a key nutrient that's missing, whatever. So that can happen where the body says, skin's the best way, we can't deal with it how we normally would through the liver. And then it burns the skin being acidic and produces a blister. Uh, which is the body's mechanism of trying to heal the damage that it does to the skin itself. And you've seen pock marks. I have a couple. I have I have very bad chickens pock story. Actually, I have one just under hiding under my mole, so that worked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was terrified of this because what happened in my case is I got um, vaccines that suppressed my normal expression of these proteinaceous wastes. And I did not get the the expression. I didn't get chickenpox. I thought, uh, well, not everybody does, so whatever, right? Well, I got them when I was seventeen, uh -huh. and this is where this is why vaccination. One reason of many why vaccination 
is completely um, detrimental to one's health um, is that that suppression of the proper detox mechanisms, which vaccines damage, disallowed my body to go through a critical growth phase where I could get rid of something it didn't want. And as a result, it's stored up in my tissues. And when I did get the expression at 17, it was horrific. It was very dangerous to my life because it was internal and external. The mechanism was almost like a confused mechanism. And that meant too much was coming. And um, I was having them in my ears. I was having them on my spine. I was having them in my mouth. Uh, it was, I will put a bag over my head because I was like 16, 17. I was don't look at me, at me like this. It was horrible. But but that mark meant means not, it was, it's like, don't pick it, don't pick it. Right. I was always wondering about that. And it was because it was acidic. And when you did that, it didn't buffer the pH and it made the mark, right. It made the, mm -hmm. the acid stain. Right. 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 Okay. So just because, so that coincidence that some kids might have gotten for sure chicken box. There's other explanations as to why that could happen. And then the understanding is that the body needs to produce uh, new growth and the waste need to leave and has to come out one way or another. And there's all different roads out. It could have looked like measles. It could have looked like chicken pox. It could have been a different type of rash, could, you know, it could have been coming out normally through the bowels and no, you don't notice the thing. My daughter had one, she had her roseole infantum, which is also not talked about a lot, interestingly enough, by the Provax, you know, community. Um, I guess they don't care about that particular disease of childhood, but it's like a three, three day fever and a rash, a truncal rash. Um, when they're, you know, between around six months old or four, four to six months old, right? Yeah. So my daughter had that. And I knew what it was. All you do is skin on skin and nurse. If you want to take extra, mom wants to take extra minerals to, for the breast, no problem. Um, yeah. And then they, and then at that time I saw one pock on her, just one little pock. And then that was the end of it for her experience. So and my son never got anything never had anything they're like well aren't you worried it's going to come out worse I'm like well no he, he didn't need it he didn't need it he didn't have it so yeah okay I want to be conscious of your time I know it's oh, it's like I never have enough time with you okay so let's talk about you have but you do have a um a membership now do you not or have, have you started that yet or well this is it's it's really there's so many moving parts that we're we're trying to decide how to launch. We haven't like you people can still go to yummy.doctor, register, they can click on register. Oh, they can and they'll be notified when it all opens. Okay. There's just so much moving right now, but we're almost there. It's just um so within the, by the end of the month, I'm hoping is the goal, early June, that kind of thing. And what are the benefits for people just so we know quickly? Like, cause people, yeah. I think, you know, that you don't, if you know, you know that you don't want to go to the hospital. You don't want to see it. Like I have, don't even have the respect for most doctors who can be in their presence, never mind to go to it. So what are people going to benefit from by signing up with you? 
Well, what I'm what we've built here is our own social media interaction. So you can have you have your own page and you join groups and you can you know befriend other members, have conversations with other members, all that sort of thing. Um, and then we're forming a group for each course, uh, which means the courses will have support groups. And each course, uh, there's many, and they're all varied as well as protocol courses. So they're courses that walk you through my protocols, which can be very um, heavy. And so the, the method is to help people understand the protocols, what can be applied, what doesn't always need to be applied, and how to do it in a stepwise fashion. So um, it's very valuable because then people can learn how to be their own doctors in a lot of these ways. There'll be courses on every variety of topic. The first one that's a prerequisite is just a self-reflective course. So people can become a little more consciously aware of what they think they need, because I don't want people just randomly buying courses they'll never finish. So the whole goal is if they're coming clear, then they'll know, yes, you know, I definitely want to do 30 days to better health with, with you know, this longer, you know, involved um, aspect or no, I just want to do, I just want my protocol. I want to work on the heart or cardiovascular health, whatever that's really. So then they can decide what their goals and needs and wants are. So they're clear coming in. Um, so we've been doing that and there'll be all sorts of interactions with me as well as live Zooms. And I haven't done lives um, publicly for a while um, for a multitude of reasons, but um, we'll have to work on this obviously yeah. too. Um, but uh, the the idea is just to get behind this a little bit of protection now because um, I don't want to burn out again. I want to make sure that the method of teaching is um, something I'm really curious about, like what really works, what doesn't. So I'm experimenting as well with how to have an interactive community without burning out just one particular person and that everyone benefits. And then eventually other members can help each other, you know, that have done the courses before. They can come in and say, yeah, I'm seasoned. I've done this course. So each group will have um, the course very specific. So they could only get into the group if they've taken the course. Um, so there's all kinds of opportunities wow. for a social yeah. engagement there too. I think that's great. I mean, guys, we have to learn to be our own doctors these days, seriously. And and especially if you have a family, like kids are so, they're under attack and they are exposed to so much crap that is complete, not only not necessary, like completely harmful. We got to understand this. We have to understand what we have to have, like at the ready. There's certain things that I have at the ready at all times, just to be ready for whatever something appears right in the moment, you know, and then you're not you're not subject to the time or somebody else's expertise or whether somebody has it or you don't even know and you just go for the the shit you're used to in the drugstore kind of thing. So I think that's going to be an amazing, amazing resource. So people want to follow you, they can follow you where? Uh, well, I'm on all the social media aspects, either as Yum Naturals or my name, um, like on Instagram, that sort of thing. And then Telegram, Healthy Dose of Truth. Eventually that will be privatized and we'll move our public group um, into the membership um, because it just where there's, I can focus on really people who have, you know, health concerns yeah. rather than like the politics and the right. other <laughs> things going on in the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, yumnaturals.store um if you want to go and sign up to newsletters, you can sign up to the one at yummy.doctor as well as dmso.store. So we have, you know, those three newsletters 
um, going out, you know, once one a week sort of thing. And there's, I don't really do Facebook that much. Um, I'm not really on YouTube that much. Um, they don't really, those platforms don't really want me. I don't I, think, that you, yeah, how do you even stay on there? I'm, I'm like wondering how long this is going to stay up, seriously. Although your other ones are still there. I've had a couple interviews pulled, but not yours, surprisingly, so... They, it's funny because it's like they've stopped the heavy punishment that, you know, we came under fire really heavy and hard. And now they kind of backed off of other people saying it, but not from me saying it. So if I say it, no. But if other people say it, yes, which I find very interesting how that's happened. So I'll get strikes for saying the exact same thing that many right. other people are saying. Right. And, and so they just want me to shut up, I think. <laughs> interesting it's just like treating you like a I don't know like you get a strike it's like fuck off like like the idea that you're even being judged for that and and it's I can't even understand it's like bad little boy you go stand in the corner and you don't get your brownie that after dinner today you know it's just so meanwhile <laughs> meanwhile they're 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 literally murdering people like literally, literally producing mass genocide yes so yeah and like notice people when people died of whatever lately it was in the hospital that's where people were dying right under medical care I use that term loosely so mm -hmm. yeah people have fared a lot better when they they own it and they take control of it so and yeah. people weren't dying on the streets other than the magic illusion they did in Wuhan that first yes. little blip yeah. there was nobody you weren't walking around people were falling no. over but now they are now they are now they are isn't that interesting now they are indeed yes they are yeah and I've been helping with a lot of people I'm sure you're going to have protocols for that as well to help regain some health and if people got the the thing I would think as well right yeah, I would say to those who might be watching who regret doing it, a uh, moment of weakness, or they were strong-armed into it, or they felt they were being noble, whatever the circumstance, um, and maybe they don't have a lot of wherewithal to do intensive protocols, I highly suggest a terahertz wand. Um, I do, um, if you email us, I can get information on it, but honestly, I've never seen anything in my life heal the body and help it detox the way I've seen the Icteracare ones do it. Um, like I love gadgets, I have all kinds behind me and they're all great and they all serve like a very various purposes or they have their time and their place. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, for sure we'll use the right machine today or for sure we're gonna use the hydrogen machine, these sorts of things. But this is an another whole category. Um, because I think when we're really understanding is we're mainly water and when the water is properly structured inside of ourselves, where we have the easy zone, the exclusion zone, which is just the lattice, the, uh, hexagonal lattice of water next to bulk water, H2O, and that starts running as a battery, you heal, you detox, you recover, you have more vitality. You know, your youthfulness comes up. There are people, their gray hairs were gone because wow. of this terahertz walk, wow. right? Wow. Healing from major shit, like stuff where, you know, they'll get the seizures from the shots and they yes. can't stop. Yeah. Like that stops it. The wand stops wow. it. My taste and smell was gone by hugging a freshly vaccinated woman for a year. 
I did everything. Really? I couldn't get it back. I couldn't get it back. I was so upset. And I'm a cook. I, I, everything in my world is enriched by my smell and my taste. I was very yeah. upset. This wand got my taste and smell back a hundred percent, even back to the point where I'm like a hound dog sniffer, like after I got pregnancy and it really ramped up, it healed normal from a few months of wanding. A few months. Wanding. Okay. That's okay. So yeah. So it's called, is that, that's the iTerra wand? Is that what that is? iTerra. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, I've heard a lot about that and there's so many different frequency healing things out there. It's hard to choose. <laughs> Which one is the one? Because they just seem to all be coming up there. The EES systems and there's the Itera wand and there's like whatever, there's all that stuff. So that's good to know firsthand. And and everybody, you know, like Amanda bets things, right? And if it's it's not gonna work, she's not gonna, she's not gonna promote it. So no. so that's pretty cool. Okay. Okay, yeah. so guys, check out yummy.doctor. There is so much information. I was actually just watching one of your late, I don't know what was latest, but uh um a great presentation. I'm going to put the link to it in this because it's very pertinent to this is it's, it's all about the whole, uh, your presentation that you did around the amorphism and, you know, a lot on Stefan Lanka and, and all the, all the guys, there's gonna be a lot of German people involved in the history of this. Um, but all the guys and, and everything involved in the truth about the nature of how we get sick and everything like that. So check out her site. She's got protocols. She's got talks, got interviews, presentations, uh, like there's so many different things there. It is just a plethora of, of information. She's got the book, DMSO, Healing with DMSO, great products. She's got a store. You can buy skin products and soaps and supplements. Like it's just like one-stop shop. So take it, check it out and learn about it. Cause this is, if we know this is a time where it, we, we need to, we, it, it's our duty. It's our duty to know it, to apply it. And we don't have to be the expert in everything. We could, and it's okay to know where to go, but you got to own it and you got to apply it because nobody's going to do it for you. And uh, Amanda's a really big support in that area. So thank you, Amanda. Super, super appreciate this once again. Thanks, Sasha. Thanks for having me again. It was great to reconnect. And I hope everyone you know watching can feel a little bit more empowered and in control of their lives knowing some of this information. So it's really, really vital. So thanks again. It is. Thank you. And guys, share it. I'm being censored. I, I I need you to share these interviews because somehow people aren't finding them like they used to be able to. So please help me out. Share it along. Thank you. Until the next time. Bye.